This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. dream of a time when women rest in each other's presence without judgment, comparison, competition, or fear. When we are known and celebrated. When we lay down our shields of protection from the battle, but also from each other. When we can lament without shame and laugh without guilt. When we are one storyline, fierce and lovely women of God. Join me as I talk with fierce and lovely women from around the world. Welcome to this short series in July, On the Road, where I take you with me to discover women on my travels. If you missed the last two weeks, we were in Scotland, and today we are headed to the Brittany region of France. Let me just tell you really quickly why I'm doing all this. I love to curate the feminine story, and finding the women, the hidden women of history while traveling has become not only a bit of a treasure hunt for me, but also somewhat sacred. Bringing them into the light feels like I'm giving voice to a sister that's been silenced. Of course, for many women in history, not much is written about or known. We have to piece together the clues we have and imagine the rest. So you'll have to forgive my revisionist history. (laughs) This whole trip was intended for my family to be a mini sabbatical, a time of rest and recalibrating, which is why we spent two weeks in Scotland and two weeks in France. In France, we were hosted by a lovely couple in their 13th century. You heard that right. They have records of this house starting to be built in the 1200s. Stayed in this 13th century renovated manor, about five and a half hours southwest of Paris. The people out there were wonderfully patient with our lack of French. The villages were quintessential medieval French with stone bridges over small rivers timbered wood homes that slant into each other in an abundance of crepes. In fact, right now, as I am back home, I am detoxing from too much Bordeaux, too much Brie, and too many baguettes, but we loved it. This entire region used to be an independent duchy ruled by the Duchess Anne of Brittany. So let me tell you a little bit about who she was. Duchess Anne was born in 1477 in the castle of her father, who was Duke Francis II of Brittany. From what I understand, a duchy was larger than a county in which the rulers were called counts. (laughs) I never knew that. But they were smaller than a full kingdom, and so they were ruled by dukes and duchesses. They were independent, and they were sovereignly ruled. Well, Anne's mother died when she was little, and her father died when she was 11, at which point she inherited the duchy. She was crowned duchess at age 12 in Wren. Sadly, at that time, as we know, marriage was a political matter. And so by the time she was 11, she had already been kind of set up and betrothed with seven different potential husbands, all of whom either fell through or she denied for whatever reason. 
Well, right before her father died, he lost uh, some battle with the kingdom of France. And one of the stipulations in the peace treaty was that Anne's future marriage would have the approval of the king of France, which is why when she was finally set to marry this guy, Maximilian I of Austria, when she was 13, the king of France got nervous. He didn't like the fact that he was in between Brittany and Austria. And so fearing some sort of alliance, he laid siege upon Rennes, where Anne was living, and attacked it. And she resisted, the city resisted for two months. But when it seemed like they would no longer be able to resist, she agreed to marry him. And what needed to happen first is that she needed to have the marriage to Maximilian annulled, because legally, I guess they were already married. And Charles VIII, who was the king of France, had to have his marriage annulled because he was also already married. And so they both do this and they get legally married and she is crowned queen of France. Can you imagine? So she becomes queen and Charles makes her give up her title, Duchess of Brittany. And they have seven children who barely survive infancy. Um, so seven pregnancies, seven children, all of whom die. By the time she's 21, Anne is without children and now a widow because Charles dies. Well, without an heir, the deal was that she had to marry King Charles' successor, who happens to be Louis the Twelfth. And this is where all of the Louis start to get really confusing in France. But Louis was already married too. So Anne demands that he gets the marriage annulled, banking on the Pope refusing to do it. But within a year, the Pope does it. He gets his marriage annulled, and Anne signs her third marriage contract. I don't know about you, but this sounds like a TV reality show. So again, Anne is Queen of France. She is the only woman in history to be crowned Queen of France twice. But this time, King Louis XII allows her to keep her title Duchess of Brittany. And this is really important to her because she loves her land and her people and has wants to fight for their independence and for their separation from the Kingdom of France for as long and as much as possible. So they actually have two daughters that survive, and Anne makes sure that the second daughter um, is able to inherit inherit the duchy upon her death, which actually sadly doesn't happen. But she tries really hard. And it's said that preserving the duchy's independence is Anne's greatest aim in life. Anne is also known for commissioning various art. Uh, she was known for creating a woman's court, which prior to Anne being in the court uh, in France, women were rarely even seen. And so not only does she create this woman's court, but she begins to educate them in everything, so much so that she was actually asked to arrange various marriages with noblemen and other kings because she was raising this generation of educated women. She was also, as I said, the first Queen, not only to be crowned, because oftentimes women were just considered married to the king, she was crowned queen, but she was crowned queen twice. She's also the first to have personal guards, the first to wear black for mourning. Um, she was just kind of a legacy setter and quite an innovative woman. 
Well, she died in 1514 at the age of 37 from a kidney stone, but it's believed she was just super weakened by having 14 pregnancies that mostly ended in miscarriage and stillbirths. Today, you can find a statue of Anne in Paris's Luxembourg Gardens, along with 19 other queens, and in the city of her birth, Nantes, and maybe little recognition to her in various places, like the Duchess Anne Rampart Walk in Dinan, which is gorgeous. 500 years ago, a strong and courageous young girl navigated the world she was in to do the very best by her people and fellow women. I am honored to have walked a bit in her footsteps. Ashet Shael, Woman of Valor. If you like learning about the ways women have shaped cities we visit, sign up for my Fierce and Lovely Travel Guide on my website, bethbruno.org. I release them the first Friday of each month, and in August, the city will be on Paris. Well, join me next week as I take you to the famous Mont Saint-Michel. Thanks for listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast.